Hello and welcome back to the Continental Breakfast. Uh, myself, Phil, JD, hello Cousin Mud. Good evening. <laughs> and uh, the boss man, Mr. Breton, hello Breton. Good evening. Good morning, whenever you listen to us. Yeah, good morning, good evening, whenever you listen to it. Three of us on the show tonight, um, or, well this morning, the games just finished on the 13th of June, so it was the Sunday games, Croatia v uh, England, uh, Mastod- North Macedonia v Austria, and then the, the best game, Ukraine. Uh, we, we didn't obviously do one uh, last night, on Saturday night, uh, just after the, well, the Christian Eriksen collapsing and... and and everything surrounded that there because it was quite it's quite horrific actually and, and none of us were really in the, in the headspace or really wanted to do the podcast so we just we give it a miss um, so glad to hear though that he's stable um, that he seems to be doing okay which was after pretty scary scary scenes um, and I hope in the next game if they can focus on football that, that his teammates can get a result and, and bounce back because they look stunned going out last night and there be plenty of people have already made comments on that they shouldn't be going on and shouldn't be doing it. So, but um, yeah, hopefully going forward they can they can do something, get a result for him. But today's games, and then we we'll look forward to Monday's games as well, uh, which will be today. But uh, Sunday's games, we had probably Johnny the best game in the tournament, which was this evening, and uh, the Netherlands v Ukraine, and then possibly the worst game in the tournament, which was this afternoon in Croatia v England. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. But so delighted for the Dutch, like delighted. I I celebrated those goals like they were my own team, um, for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, such a good game. Like it was just for the neutrals. Like it was just great to see a couple of goals. Um, I thought Genie went all them. You know, Paris Saint Germain's Genie went all them was on fire. He was fantastic. He was everywhere. Like you know what actually surprised me about him? I and like, I obviously I didn't watch a lot of Liverpool, like, but he just seemed to be like running at defenders with the ball, and I was like. What is Genie doing here? Absolute rocket. But yeah, it was great. Great to see. Um, I thought the Dutch team played alright, apart from that five minutes. That'd be brilliant for it. And, um, complete, you know, in the comparison to the, the England game, my goodness, I fell asleep for ten minutes. I am not lying. It was horrendous. Horrendous. And I laughed at, uh, I think it was Guy Mowbray in commentary said, nothing phases Phil Foden. And I, I told you earlier what I thought of that. Like, you know, anything but a Champions League final phases Phil Foden. Like, but, it was it was an awful game, terrible. Like um, I I actually thought um, England didn't really do much. They didn't have to do much, but um, Croatia had a few chances. I thought maybe they could have put away. They just kind of scuffed a few, and it could have been different. But oh, it was just a terrible game. I'm just glad it's over. And you know, England have won the Euros now anyway, haven't they? So that's just the way they're getting on. But thank God it's over. Yeah, Brent, we obviously watched that one together, and. Uh, the England Croatia game uh, this afternoon, and I just find myself like Johnny sort of just tuning out after a while, and I couldn't really couldn't understand the pundits afterwards that were talking about this. You'd have thought Prime Brazil had been playing in front of TV or something. Um, the way they get on afterwards, more like Prime on Brazil, for example. Calvin Phillips was was very good. Don't get me wrong, he was very good, but like I, I didn't get the whole. Thing afterwards, it was really overblown. I thought. Yeah, um, the I thought both teams were actually quite poor. And now, when you hear everyone sort of talking about it afterwards, the people who were there apparently it was very, very hotly, um, and that could yeah. have played a part in how sort of slow the game was. Um, I thought England probably had their best spell about 
for the first 10, 15 minutes of the game. I think Mount was interviewed after and he said, like, you know, we started very well, but then the sun kicked in and we naturally got tired and stuff. So, um, it did affect the performance. Like, there's, there was only four shots on target from both teams in the whole game. Um, and I think there was, uh, there was like, the stat I put in earlier to the group, there was like nine or ten shots on target in the first ten minutes of the um, Netherlands-Ukraine game. So it, it shows you the difference. Um, there were England were all right, like you know, they didn't they didn't impress me massively. Um, I thought there was, like as you said, Phillips was was quite good. He was solid. He was kind of the one breaking out of that midfield and. He obviously did that for the for Sterling's goal as well. Um, Sterling, I thought, you know, he did get his goal, but he was kind of poor apart from that. He didn't really go past anyone. There wasn't really a lot of running in beyond the the back lane for for either team. Um, Foden did it early on, the first five minutes maybe, and hit the post. That's kind of the only thing he did all game. Um, Mount was quiet. Kane had a really one of the quietest games I've seen him have. Um, he didn't really look that sharp, um, but Croatia were disappointing for me too. Really you know, disappointing. Modric didn't really take a hold of the game, um, like we've seen him do so often. Uh, again, the you know he's a bit older now. The weather, you know, could have been draining out of him any sort of energy. Um, and yeah, I mean, Croatia had a couple of half chances, as Johnny said, but. They didn't do nearly enough to um to try and win the game. Um I think they're kinda you know, whoever obviously England got the three points, but Croatia didn't seem overly disappointed. They probably um will kind of trust themselves to to maybe get four points from their other two games and, and go through that way. Um but yeah, it was you know we'll probably I have said all we can say about that game now because it, it was kind of a non-event. Yeah, uh, actually, an interesting thing. Clyde Tilsey was talking on the the Netherlands uh, Ukraine game, and he said he he doesn't what he doesn't when it went to all. What he didn't want was both teams to sit back and accept the draw. Whereas I kind of got like you, Breton, the vibe that I don't know if you got this too, John. That Croatia kind of accepted at the end the one 0 defeat. I was sort of like, ah, well, we'll just we'll just see what we can do in the other two games, and go through. And, and, and some some of these games have been a little bit cagey, and whatever. Some especially um, that one today, and you sort of remember thinking the second round of games where teams will have to, you know, either get a win or bust here. Some of them, so that could be maybe the better round of games. But tonight's game, and, and North Macedonia and Austria was, was a decent game too. I only saw bits of it, and uh, come, we're coming home and different things, and then putting Finn to bed. Uh, Austria went on to win three one. Good for Goran Pandev to score. No big Steve Pandev there from uh, <laughs> from from the south. Um, he's obviously delighted, but then his boys get chinned. Steve, look, it happens. Um, but it was great to see Pandev score, and, and obviously Alaba played quite well for Austria, and, and I think he played every position bar goalkeeper tonight. Um, yeah. So that that group's going to be set up nicely, but. It was great to see Arnautovic getting angry again. Like <clears throat> he, he's angrier than me and Johnny put together. It's absolutely Ooh, wild how angry. I think that's like, really man. impossible. I thought it was impossible too until I saw. Like he was angry at his own teammates. And he just hates yeah. everyone. He just hates football, but he still, you know, bangs goals in and get gets big goals. But 
We'll touch on Austria and North Macedonia further on down in the tournament in the next round of games. But tonight's game in the Netherlands v Ukraine, we already touched on it at the start of the show by how good it was. But I text my dad, I was actually, this actually feels like football again a little bit here because obviously it helps with the cry. But it just felt like from minute one, both these teams were going to go at each other. And it was such a class game, Britain. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's it's one of those that you know you don't know what you're going to get before you um, before you settle into it. It's 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 kind of one that you maybe wouldn't have circled uh, on the calendar before you started watching the tournament. But you know Sunday night and all that. Um, you know there's probably a lot of people watching it and they weren't disappointed. I wouldn't say. Um, I thought yeah the Netherlands with with the home crowd and stuff. Um, started the game sprightly but Ukraine really responded and um, the game was so open for the first like it was kind of open the whole game but for the first I would say 20-25 minutes maybe half an hour it was absolutely wild um, and it's weird because all the goals came in the second half um, when it was maybe not as open um, but I think <coughs> the Netherlands um, looking at it as an overall game you know did more of the ball, did more shots, more shots on target. Um, they uh, they probably deserved it. Just just deserved it. Um, Ukraine, you know, when they were two just before they scored, I think Ali McCoy said it. Like you know, they were you thought they were dead and buried in that game, but uh, that the strike from Yarmolenko to to bring it to two one really injected something into them, and then. When it got at level, you know, there was a point where it looked like it could go the other way and they could, you know, get all three points. But, uh, yeah, I thought there was there was some impressive performances. Johnny's already mentioned Wijnaldum. Um, I thought the pie was very good, too. He, he had a great run in the first half, could have scored, you know, goal of the tournament so far. Um, and I thought um, <clears throat> the other two goal scorers, actually, not really for their goals, but um, just their performances. I think um, the big man of front wag horse I haven't I must say I haven't seen a lot of them before but I thought he was really impressive. Um he's obviously scored a lot of goals in Germany this season, looking back on it now and um he looks hard to shake off the ball and especially after he got his goal he was full of confidence and he was running about he was everywhere, you know, he's defending and yeah. in, in um, Netherlands final third or Ukraine's final third as well. He was he was brilliant. Um and he looked absolutely punctured when he came off for like two minutes to go. Um, and Dumfries as well was very good. I thought um, he obviously got his goal. He missed a sitter though in the first half, and then, but he was up and down that line, um, that right hand side for for Netherlands all night, and he, he deserved his goal. Like I thought he was impressive as well. They were good to watch. Very, yeah, they, they were good to watch, Johnny. Um, and they went into command two 0 lead. But what everyone sort of was saying about them at the tournament is the weakness at the back. Like they conceded two goals in quick succession. And they could have conceded more obviously throughout the whole game. Do you think that'll maybe sting them in the end and maybe why they mightn't win this tournament? Well, for starters, I was crushing your name up and down whenever Ukraine equalised. You scud. <laughs> uh but yeah, totally like I was kind of thinking during the game, like they've a decent squad, they've some very good players. Like Frankie Dion plays for Barcelona for God's sake, so you know they've good players there, but I just think I was just looking at them and thinking there's just that one, you know, I suppose, in a way, a world-class player like there's no Ronaldo there, or you know, someone like that, or a, you know, an Mbappe in that in that Holland team, and with 
Virgil van Dijk missing as well. Like if he was playing, he would probably have a bit more confidence in the fact that maybe they wouldn't ship as many goals. And Nathan Aki hasn't really played that much for Man City this year either, so that probably will be their undoing in the end. But I think they can go far. You know, um, I was really expecting a complete shit show from home because just what oh, everybody right. was telling me about them, and I was like, oh god, of course that we would get them the sweet stick, but. I was actually quite impressed with them, and they played quite well, uh, bar the five minutes, say, where they completely crapped themselves, but um, very impressive. Like, hopefully hopefully they can go on and win it uh, for my my dearest loves. Um, you know, her, you know, she's the one that's in this, you know, so it would be nice for her to win right, some, not like, some Della, you know. Not like you'd be taking any of it, like, at all. Uh, I would take an absolutely not a cent of that money. Um, I have Portugal in a different sweepstake, not to do with Babel. So I'll be Cristiano. Blasphemy. Well, um, you know, just for um, the I, I think the missing as well could be really obviously Van Dijk's not going to be there, and the is a bit of a groin injury. I think that'll they'll get caught if they don't get him back uh, going forward. Similar to England, like if, if England don't sort of, I know Toro means played well today, but they do, and I can't believe I'm saying this, they do probably need Harry Maguire in there um, to put his head on things. But I thought Holland's or the Netherlands midfield was was outstanding. And you just both touched on Gino and Alden. I said it till I was blue in the face. Did you cry? Not not to let him go. I'm close to crying. Like I'm gonna have to get myself a PSG top or something. I don't want to do it, but I might have to do it. Or, or Holland top with Wijnaldum in the back. I told everyone that would listen to me. Liverpool are daft if they let him go. He should have been given whatever contract he needs. And this isn't a Premier League podcast. I'm gonna stop now. But he should have been looked after. And they're gonna. Really, really regret that, I think, going forward. Because he, he is a complete midfielder and he showed it tonight. Like He was all over the place in midfield. He was everywhere and he was skinning people. He got a great opening goal. He led that, that Dutch team tonight. So I'm really pleased for him. I'm glad they ended up getting the win in the end. But I do, I really enjoyed watching parts of uh, Ukraine's football too. And I mean, Shevchenko is an absolute dreamboat. Being 44 and he looks younger than me. Um, he's in some condition still. I don't know what's going on there. But um, I think they'll, they'll have enough. They'll come out of this group, um, Ukraine. I think. I think. I think they'll actually will come out of it second. Uh, I think. I think they'll have more enough for Austria. I mean, they 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 top the qualifying group of Portugal, and unfortunately for Steve's boys, North Macedonia, I, I I can't see them getting much much else. But on to tomorrow's games, uh, or well, today's games actually. If you listen to it in the morning, on Monday morning, today's games. There's quite a big one. Two o'clock. Scotland are back in an international tournament. And they're hosting the Czech Republic, uh, which is obviously part of part of uh, Group Group D, isn't it? Uh, yeah, with England and Croatia. Johnny, how do you see this go- game going tomorrow? Can you see the Scots getting a win? Yep, absolutely. Two-one win for Scotland. Nice. Andy Robinson with the opening goal. Sure, probably goal And then Kieran uh, Tierney with a forty-five-yard screamer. I'm gonna have that on the radio and work because the TV doesn't get TV channels, um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm playing it on my, my, my laptop and my computer screen as well. But um, I'll have it strictly on the radio and work in case work is listening. Um, and I can't, I can't wait for that. I really do hope Scotland gave it a good run, um, and, and obviously and and get a win because it'll be massive for them going forward and get out of this group. Brendan, are you looking forward to that one tomorrow? Yeah, um, a TV that doesn't play TV channels is—is is it a TV? Like I don't know. Yeah, what, it's what for security cameras, and I've, I've actually been trying to work out if the Chromecast would work on it or not, but I know I'll get caught, so I just thought, nah. <laughs> just burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it 
I think it should be a good game because um, there's some very half decent players playing for Czech Republic as well. Like um, we know a few of them from the Premier League, like Suchak and Sufal yeah, from uh, West Ham. They'll be they'll be decent too. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know. There's something about Scotland. Like this time, they're really they're full of really good players. Like especially. Um, that left hand side, if they play like Tierney and then Robertson on the outside of him, and uh, McGinn usually floats around that side of the um, midfield, um, and we've seen that Che Adams can can finish as well. So if they're you know between especially McGinn and Robertson, if they can you know get balls into into Che Adams, like um, that could be that could be a successful route for for Scotland. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think basing it off Scotland and Czech Republic, basing it off that uh, Croatia and England game, you know, should be going all out to win this game because it'll put you in a very good position then. Uh, you see yourself, like if I was Scotland, I could definitely see myself getting getting at least a draw against England, uh, you know, with the uh, emotions that, are, that we know are involved in that game and uh, Scotland probably have as good a side as they've had in uh since they were last in a um major tournament. Um so that you know creativity wise and talent wise, um they can get out of England. Like there's certain there's certain places where they can definitely get at them. Like there was moments in that Croatia England game that I thought if Croatia stepped up a wee bit here and got on to England, like that's um didn't test Mings and Stones enough, especially Mings because in a couple of those friendlies like he looked dodgy and Croatia didn't really challenge him all that much. He, he kind of had an easy day. Um, but I, I can't see Scotland holding back. Um, and that's why I think this is a, this is a really important game. Like if, if Scotland get three points tomorrow, they'll, they'll be in a buoyant mood going into that, that England game. I think this is actually the most important game in that group. Um, because it's, it's going to, like, I know England v Scotland is obviously the big, a big derby and that's going to be next Friday night. And that, is, that is a massive game. But in the context of where this group goes, for the, both of these teams, who are seen as probably the weakest teams in the group, after today and looking at what happened in Croatia, and, and, and they're probably both, as you said, Breton, sitting there thinking, right, we, we win tomorrow and we've one foot in the next round. And that's cla- for both of these countries, that's massive. You know, get into the next round, get into the, the knockout stages... So I really do, this could be, I don't want to build it up and scot it, but it could be a brilliant, brilliant game tomorrow. A really tense game. It's in Glasgow, Hamden Park. There will be fans there. Um, this is, obviously it's every ground is a shame, apart from Budapest. It's sort of mental in Hungary where they're having sixty-one thousand, but every stadium that isn't almost full to capacity. It is great and it's amazing to hear them, but you're just sort of thinking, oh, if only this was full, um, what we could hear here. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one as well tomorrow. And all after that then. Group E kicks off, and um, Poland and Slovakia at five o'clock in Saint Petersburg. It's ground, and then Spain are hosting Sweden. We don't know what Spain side is going to turn up because of all the COVID tests, Johnny. And Spain, obviously, have previous winners have won it twice, and it's such a golden era coming through. But the sort of people, nobody wants to be tipping them for it this year because it's maybe because of the lack of a goal scorer potentially up front. How do you see Spain getting on in this group, and how do you see them getting on tomorrow night? I think I think they'll get through the group no problem, but like you say, it depends really who the hell's going to start for them and who's going to be in the team, you know. Um, 
I imagine when they come up against a team probably a bit stronger, like the likes of France, or maybe even, even though I'm tipping the big, like, the, like Germany, like I think they're not going to be as impressive as what people think they might be. But, um, yeah, like they could surprise you as well, like it's really hard to know, like, um, if they come out with a proper first 11 tomorrow night, then, yeah, they're a very good strong team, but, Slatan's in with Sweden, you know, and he will probably try and make it all about him, and, you know, he'll probably end up scoring, and, Doing some mad overhead bicycle kick and scoring some mad goal, like, but. Um, he's injured, isn't he? That's he's out. Oh, is he? He's out. Oh, is he? Well, that's yeah, yeah. just, that's great news, to be quite honest, because he's an absolute dick. Um, <laughs> so that's, that, that, that's positive. Um, but yeah, we'll just, we'll just have to see what's being said comes out. Like, obviously, they got riddled with COVID, as everybody's quite well aware of. Um, but I, I think they'll comfortably go through into the knockout rounds, like, no problem. They have Sweden do have um, Isaac from Real Sociedad. He's sort of been tipped, and a lot of podcasts uh, before the tournament were tipping him as one of the players to watch, one of the star players, star younger young players, to keep an eye on, and and he is a goal threat. So they will still offer something. It'll be a tough game for Spain, I think, tomorrow night. I'm not sure, Brenton, about this Spanish team because I know Moreno, you know, plays for Villarreal, scored a bundle of goals, and, and obviously scored in the Europa League final. But I, I just don't I don't think I can't see them getting to the latter stages of this tournament. No, it's it's kind of a when you look at the squad, you know, it's kind of a mixture of sort of older players who are maybe coming towards the end of their careers, um who you know, you wouldn't say have you know, outstanding this season. Um, you know, maybe in past seasons have been good, and then mix that in with you know younger players who maybe haven't reached that full potential yet. I know, you know, I think in our preview pod we talked about Pedri as maybe one to watch for for Spain, um, and you know he ha- he has had a good season, but I mean you can't probably depending on your hopes on on someone like him. Um, I mean, it's you know he's probably getting the same sort of treatment as the likes of Foden you know, for England, but I think even England have a lot more that they can rely on than uh, than Foden. You know, we saw today he didn't perform, but yet you know England were were still quite comfortable. Um, but yeah, I think you're you're right about a an out and out goal scorer like um, the, you think of the goal scorers they've had in the past. Yeah, there's there's no one that you know could even you could even get close to um, with that Spanish squad at the minute. I think they're kind of they're lucky in a way that they're in the group that they're in. Um, uh, this argue well, I know they still have to play Poland and and obviously with that you you have to play Lewandowski, um, but he'll probably be the only threat that they have to worry about when they're when they're playing Poland. His and record's not great in major tournaments either, from what I read. He's only scored two goals in major tournaments, Lewandowski. Which is surprising, yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, it's surprising I actually didn't know that, but I wonder, you know, it's still Lewandowski, you know what I mean? Like, he can, he can turn it on at any point, and it's probably, you know, he, he really is not ever playing with uh, the same talent that he's used to playing with, so mm-hmm. the service and all just wouldn't be the same, like... Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Spain. Have, that's what I was saying. I think Spain have been quite lucky with the group that they've been drawn in because, as Jetty says, they probably will get out of the group. Um, 
and if you know if they do top that group, they play a third place team, uh, just the way it works out. So you know you could see them getting to the quarters, but I think it was you said, but like if you know if they come up against uh, the likes of a France or a Portu- Portugal or or a Belgium, um, I don't think they would get beyond a, a strong team like that. Yeah, on this on Spain and Sweden, actually, I was just checking up there. This is the fourth time both these sides have met at a major international uh, tournament, um, and the last one was Euro two thousand and eight, which Spain went on to win, and they beat them two one. So I wonder if that will be a moment because I was just reading up today as well. Cesc Fabregas has been on BBC and he's been quite interesting on BBC. He was saying about how this Spain team. Uh, Resembles and reminds him of 2008 Spain team. Um, mm. I'm not sure where he sees from that, but Cesc would know better than me. But it'll be interesting to see what, what way they line up. I know they sent home, they called up 17 players into the squad with, with the COVID test that were going on. Busquets and Diego, Diego Lorente testing positive. Lorente is back in the squad now. He had four negative tests. Busquets completing a 10 day isolation period. Um, but they sent those players home, so they're still going for the 23-man squad at the minute, and then obviously the lad bus gets back in, I think. So it will be interesting to see how he lines up. They can line up with an unbelievable midfield and still have a decent defence, um, and obviously keep it at the back. So they still will have it, but as you, as people have said, going forward, I don't know if they'll have the firepower. They had Torres in 2008, who was yeah. playing for him, and they had that, like, that video was about Torres. him. And, what? Prime Torres. Prime Torres, yeah. And, and on Poland as well, that is interesting with Lewandowski because you just expect him to score goals. He's the current, like, they weren't giving it the Ballon d'Or last year, but he's the best player in the year, of the, of the year, the previous season. And he's, he is a goal scoring machine. He probably, for people to put him on to the next echelon, he'll have to do it in a major international tournament. It does seem to be the thing where regardless of what you do in club football, it'll always haunt Messi unless he wins something with Argentina. I'm not saying Poland are going to win the Euros here, but if he can fire goals for them and fire them into the, the next stage, and they have a great chance. Slovakia, we all know it, they humbled both Ireland's, um, and they didn't look great, to be honest, in, in both games. They, sn- they snuck through. They didn't look a great side at all. I'd really fancy Poland to do something um, against them tomorrow night and get a great result. And then it'll all depend on the Spain-Sweden game see how it ties that group up. But the the first weekend now is done uh, for the Euros, lads. Johnny, have you enjoyed it? I've enjoyed most games, to be quite honest, bar the England game. And that's me to try and be better than him. Like it just yeah. it just was very very boring. But yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice having fans back in stadiums, and yeah, it's coming home. You would have thought they actually would think they were going to bloody win it the way they were getting on today. I did notice prior to the game, they kept going on and on about how they've never won the first game of the European Championship. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they just knew it was coming today, you know that sort of. But yeah, it's just nice to have a bit of difference from club football. Brenton, what about you? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I echo Jerry Sandwich. I think. Um, the tournament started off well. Italy were really impressive. Um, yeah. I mean, you're always going to get a, a couple of sort of uh, dud games in there, I and mean, then obviously the uh, the Denmark Finland game was, um, you know, eventful for different reasons. And thankfully, it looks like Ericsson's okay now. So, um, I, I also just on a side note, can't believe the the players agreed to to play that game. I know that 
reports coming out seem like UEFA maybe forced their hand a wee bit, which which isn't great. Um, but again, it's UEFA. Like I, I don't know if if we're really surprised by that. Um, but yeah, the one thing coming out of that is you would you would hope that that Denmark could maybe go on and, and qualify and go on a bit of a run. Um, because the play the, the players were class. Everything the everything they did after that happened. Um, but yeah, they've, we've seen some some impressive football. I think Belgium and Lukaku look threatening. Um, you know, it's, it's like we talked about in the preview. It's always good when when your main man is looks like he's on form, um, which looks to be the case for them. Uh, and yeah, the, like the game, um, the Netherlands game as well, sort of led it up and and got us ready for um for the next week. So. Uh, some massive games coming up, uh, especially in that group of death, group F, um, which will be Tuesday on. So, yeah, can't wait for that. I think uh, so far out of all the games, Lukaku's probably looked the most impressive. Um, player-wise, his first goal was obviously a bit scrappy last night, but his second one was just Ronaldo in 98. It was just so like him running through on goal, and he was so powerful at times. You can actually hear the Russian defenders squealing. As he was coming towards them, um, which he did that on uh, <laughs> Juventus as well this year too, which is funny. Um, so he looks like he's going to light the tournament up, which is class. Uh, Big Ron will be will, will be pushing and goal away, I think, for that Ballon d'Or, depending on how this tournament uh, turns out. I don't think though, boys, we will ever have. Uh, I don't think better is the right word, but a more a more poignant and more stunning photo. Than the one we had of the the Danish team surrounding uh, Christian Eriksen when he was getting treatment um, mm. last night. It was it, like powerful. I I give off for the TV for the TV uh, stations for showing it, but I couldn't peel my eyes off the TV because I just wanted obviously Eriksen to pull through. I never ever want to see someone receiving CPR or a defibrillator. It is absolutely harrowing and. For that to be your teammate, even your best mate, I think Simon Simon Kier is very close to him. Uh, must have been horrendous, and and Anthony Taylor as well reacting so quick like he did, uh, and Kier getting him into the recovery position. Plus the medics have saved this man's life, and and it's I know at the time it was absolutely hor- horrific, but now afterward it's such a stunning story. Like and and we hope Ericsson obviously makes a full recovery. He was touching the start of the show, but. It, It'll go very well this tournament to beat that image, I think. Anyway, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just pray, praise for for everyone who was involved and you know basically saving his life. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of mixed feelings about in a moment like that. There shouldn't really be any any media world media mm-hmm. presence, and but that's just the world that these players live in, and um, his teammates. Yeah. They, they just deserve a heroic welcome back to the country, um, no matter what now. Yeah. Um, I think that'll do us for today's Continental Breakfast. We'll be back, obviously, um, on Tuesday morning. Uh, we'll be previewing, uh, reviewing the games uh, in Group E and, obviously, Scotland and Czech Republic. And then touching on <laughs> Group F, which is going to be starting, and France and, and Germany, which is in Munich, I think, on Tuesday night. So, we're we'll back with that. But um, thanks everyone for listening. Obviously, catch us on the Football Bubble Pod on Instagram and Twitter. 
look for the Continental Breakfast and the hashtag as well. You'll see us there. Thanks to everyone else that keeps joining up and all the new listeners. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, check out our Patreon, Brett and that. Patreon.com forward slash football babble. One pound a month. That's all we're asking for. Every little helps. Stealing the Tesco line. Don't care. Um, but it really means a lot. Um, so hope you're enjoying the football and chat to you again tomorrow. Good luck. Crockett.